Let's do Yemei Chabad for the 13th day of Nisan. This is in the year Tofresh Chavav. Uh, that's uh, 5,626 on the 13th of Nisan. Uh, that's the day that the Tzemach Tzedek, that is the third Lubavitcher Rebbe, that he passed, passed away. Uh, um, and the Tzemach Tzedek was actually sick for uh, several years. In the year Tofresh Chav, that six years earlier, he has gotten very sick, the Tzemach Tzedek. And uh, more than six years until he passed away, uh, he was sick. Uh, about a half a year before passing away, he also became very, uh, it became very hard, difficult for him to speak. But there were still, you know, some great revelations. He was able to um, uh, to lead the Hasidim and um, do wonders. And um, he refused people to ask him any matters as they pertain to physical matters. That this whole idea, you know, by a Rebbe, you know, people don't only ask uh, spiritual questions, um, how to get closer to Hashem, how to daven better, how to learn better, how to uh, be emotionally connected to Hashem. Those are the main seemingly functions of a Rebbe. But then, by extension, um, the uh, Hasidim always ask the Rebbe for blessings, for advice, for guidance, and also in very material matters. Uh, there was once a story which um, um, somebody uh, came to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe told him, um, listen, you trust me when you ask me like business deals and the physical things, so you can trust me when I talk about uh, spiritual things. Um, but the point here is the Rebbe's were not always keen uh, on people uh, getting them involved in this materialistic things. They wanted more to be spiritual. People should be more involved in spiritual matters. Uh, but yet, a Rebbe, out of the concern and love for every Jew, uh, and whatever the situation, they also continue to bless them of physical matters. And uh, we know that you cannot really separate the physical from the spiritual so much. Uh, if God helps a person and gives them their physical needs, their mind is free and uh, they're open to uh, serve God spiritually. That's why Maimonides says that the reason why we anticipate and look so much forward for the times of Mashiach is not so that the physical, material state will change for the better, that we won't have to worry about our livelihood and things like that, but rather it's because of the spiritual state that will take place and when things will be okay, in other words, it will be very easy for us to achieve our financial security, so we will not have to worry about that, so then we will be able to devote all our time to the study of Torah and the observance of mitzvahs. So it turns out that even a physical problem that a yid has, uh, whether it is what is livelihood, whether it is marrying off their children, whether it is... Um, health issues, whether whatever it may be, but it's always connected. The physicality of a Jew is always connected to spirituality, and therefore 
it is important. And the same thing is we read in the letter of the Rebbe. The Rebbe was once asked, should one pray for material things or only for spiritual things? And the Rebbe said, of course, one needs to pray. The halacha is that one needs to pray for things that uh, disturb a person, that bother a person. And it's a, first of all, the belief that Hashem listens to your prayers. And number two is that Hashem has the ability to change things around for you, for the better. That's why you're praying to Hashem and you're asking God to make things better for you. So that expresses a deep belief and a deep thought to Hashem. But yet, the Rebbe's were not always uh, so keen when people uh, totally got involved in the material parts of their lives and that's what they preoccupied the Rebbe with and they did not uh, take uh, the time to improve and better their spiritual standing. And the Rebbe would always connect um, anything you asked him, he would always connect it to your spiritual state. So if you asked the Rebbe for a blessing uh, for some material things, the Rebbe would say, well, certainly you're studying the Shurim of Chitas, uh, the Chomesh Telematanya, those are study. Uh, certainly you're, you know, check the mezuzahs, put a, make sure that fill in our culture. The Rebbe would connect every physical request also with something spiritual. The Rebbe would get uh, the um, um, try to use every situation to gain Hashem's blessings because God's blessing is like rain. Now when it rains then the uh, earth can produce but in order for the earth to grow things you need to plow it, you need to make it soft, you need to be able to absorb the rain and you need to sow it with, with kernels, with seed, you need to be able to so for the water to uh, work, it needs it needs a fertile ground, it needs uh, the earth to be fitting for that uh, for the rain, for the water comes down so the Rebbe's bracha, the Rebbe's blessing is like the rain that comes down, but yet to make the ground for you a receptacle you gotta plow your own ground you gotta sow your own seed, that means that you gotta do the mitzvahs, you gotta do you gotta improve yourself and then the Rebbe's blessing is the rain that'll help you and then you'll be successful so it was always tied together these things but yet you know people who just uh, were uh, I guess mostly involved in their physical financial and in their material lives would ask the Rebbe a lot of questions in the uh, in material sense so here it says that the Tzemach Tzedek refused in the end he refused to accept people who wanted to talk to him about physical matters. He didn't want to accept that anymore. Uh, there's also a uh, metaphor I once heard that um, a, a certain um, person was um, uh, asking the Rebbe about physical matters and, and but he didn't connect to the Rebbe at all in any spiritual way. You know, he didn't, he didn't study, he didn't teach, he, did, he didn't feel himself connected to the Rebbe at all. He just wanted his physical betterment. And, uh, and by the way, even the Alter Rebbe, the grandfather of the Tzemach Tzedek, he already complains also in the letters that whoever heard such a thing to go ask 
uh, a Rebbe of physical things. Even the prophets in the olden days in Israel, uh, you know, they were like ex- exceptional prophets where people would come and ask them about physical matters, like where to find the donkeys and things like that. But it's, uh, this is not who, you know, he's rebuking them. But in this case, uh, you know, the, uh, the Rebbe, that's all I heard. I mean, it's not... Uh, uh, so I'm not sure if so how accurate it is in, in reality, but uh, so the Rebbe gave him a metaphor. He says like this. He says, you know, a blessing that you want me to give you in this story, um, he gave, there was a metaphor that there was once a uh, person they used to travel by horse and buggy and they came to this marketplace and um, they would need an order for the wagon that they were leaving the marketplace in order to leave they would need grease to grease the wheels so that they can roll. You'd have to grease the wheels every so often so that they can work, so they can pull, so the horses can pull the carriage. And this this gentleman, he was at the uh, at there, and you know everything closed already, and he forgot to get his 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 jug of grease that he needed to take along so he can grease the wheels when necessary. Like an oil, he needs a lube. They need a lube. They need oil. They need to lube the wheels. So what is he going to do? So he's standing there, he's standing outside the city, he's afraid to leave the city because now, how's he going to go without this loop? So another person dry, rides by with another carriage. He says, look, I'm stuck, I don't have any uh, grease with me, what do I do? So he says, you know what? Uh, if you go to this person's house, you know, I got my grease over there. So he goes to the person's house, he knocks at the door, the guy opens, lets him in. He says, I hear that you have, you may have some grease for sale. He says, no, I don't sell any grease. He says, what do you mean? I just spoke to this other fellow. He told me that you gave him grease. He said, mister, he says, you don't understand. See, me and the other person that you met, we do business. We're both diamond merchants, and we do business in many, many, uh, lots and lots of business, lots of money. And somebody like that, we do business, he comes... And he asks me from Greece, I have in my garage for something like that. But you, I say, we don't do any business, he says. We're not, so I don't have Greece. You know, I only sell Greece to those that I do business with. And the metaphor means to say that you come, if you do business, in other words, if you're connected to the Rebbe and you study and you do what the Rebbe wants and you're involved, so then the Rebbe greases your wheels too. So the Rebbe gives you a little blessing so all the material, materials should go well so that it'll be greased properly. But in a case like uh, you're just asking the Rebbe, just, you know, uh, help me that I should make a million dollars. I mean, why, um, what kind of, we don't grease that. But that's only a story because the truth of the matter is that the Rebbe gave blessings to anybody who came the Rebbe gave everybody but the Rebbe encouraged people to do good deeds so that they're worthy of the blessing so that the when the rain comes it has where to uh, come on to that it comes and fertile that the land the earth should be fertile and therefore but at the end of his life he refused to accept people that came to him for physical matters now he would say at that point, I don't see any more a body. All what I see is the light of the soul. So he had like x-ray vision. He no longer saw what's in front of him. So uh, 
he said, I cannot respond to you on physical matters. And uh, people would ask him only, that was a personal meeting with the Rebbe, seemingly that they would still ask him uh, through a letter, through the attendants who would uh, pass it along. Uh, also, his speech was difficult, so it was hard to understand the teaching of Hasidus that he would, he would say. A couple of days before he passed away, he became very weak. And they invited the doctor in the city of Lubavitch. And he, says, he said that he doesn't see anything. Doesn't see anything. And the next day, uh, the situation became worse, and the Hasidim were very upset. And all day, they were saying Tilim. They also add the name Mayor. You know, when somebody is not well, sometimes by adding a name that has a special Mayor means light to continue to shine and to continue to. You know. Towards the evening, the situation got a little bit better, but. After a little bit of time, they saw that there was really no hope. And there was the attendant, his name was Rechaim Ber. He put his ear next to the Rebbe. He heard the Rebbe whispering, Leman Yirbu Yimechem, so that your days will be prolonged. And um, this was 11 o'clock at night. They saw that there's really nothing that they can do anymore. His bed was standing in the middle of the room, and around it there were standing people with lit candles. And the uh, Tzemach Tzedek was lying there without any movement, just he was looking at the people. In many ways, um, this reminds me, in the last, uh, last, last years of the Rebbe, who was named after the Tzemach Tzedek, uh, reminds me in a way that uh, they would take out the Rebbe. Uh, uh, Rebbe couldn't really move that much and uh, or at least parts of his uh, side it was uh, uh, from a stroke that he uh, suffered, and um, he would they take him out in the uh, balcony, it used to be the women's balcony. They take him out, and all the Hasidim were down there. The Rebbe was no movement. The Rebbe would just look at the, and for a short period of time, sometimes a little longer, and people would sing down there. But the Rebbe would just just look at them, and it was like. Very, yeah, you can see some of the uh, videos they have from that. But um, this was uh, 12 30 uh, in the af- in after midnight. Um, it was like a from his um, lips coming like a sweat, and his soul went up in purity up to the heavens. The Rebbe Maharash said, I want you to know my father did not die. If you want to ask something of him, you can ask. I also asked him. He said, and the entire community said Tehillim, and after each book of Tehillim, one of the sons said Kaddish. He had seven sons, I'm not sure if they all were there, but one other, another son said Kaddish. And at the funeral, nobody cried. It was, they went like, he says here, I'm not sure exactly what he means, but he says they went like to a wedding, but when they came home, from the cemetery and the Hasidim sat on the ground, there were like uh, uncontrollable cryings and uh, it was just impossible to tolerate it. Uh, the sons had to come out 
from their room and they said that the people, this is the Bish Medrash, they probably had a family room where they were inside, this was in the Bish Medrash, and they had to tell them to stop, to stop it, you know, the people were like just going on and on. This too um, reminds me of a little bit of the scene, you know, after Gimel Thomas, after uh, the Rebbe's, um, that was, um, uh, the Rebbe Marash writes in the, um, in the uh, notes of the Hebra Kadisha, he writes about his father, he says that Hashem desired the souls of the tzaddikim, and on the um, night before the third the Thursday, which is the 13th of Nisan, in the year Tafresh Chavav, uh, the holy ark that contained basically his father's uh, body, the luminary of Israel, the prayers that those that rest in the dust will arise and will uh, utter songs, and amongst them also the, my father, the Tzemach Tzedek, he will teach us the wonders from God's Torah, because the dew of Torah will revive the body, Amen uh, Ken the previous Rebbe writes that when the Tzemach Tzedek uh, passed away, they did not tell it to the Chosid of Rabbi Kusil Melepli for a half a year. The people were so attached to the Tzemach Tzedek that they couldn't take it. So it took a half a year, this Chosid, Rabbi Kusil Melepli, for a half a year they didn't tell him about the passing of the Tzemach Tzedek. When he found out, he was screaming and he said, fools, why did you allow the Rebbe to pass, pass away? Why did you allow him to pass away? It reminds us, uh, reminds us of the uh, Rashi about Moshe Rabbeinu, that the Jewish people were saying that we're not going to allow Moshe Rabbeinu to, uh, to pass away. And uh, it says that he passed away, it was in midday, so Shem is basically saying, well, nobody have no choice, you know, it's... Uh, this is the heavenly decree. So, um, so now, uh, and he was very, uh, very, uh, very, very upset, and he expressed um, like very uh, harsh language about the tragedy, what took place. He was very, very upset, and uh, it says he started to walk by foot uh, to Lubavitch. Also, it says here that he broke the windows in his home. I'm not sure exactly whether that was like an expression of grief or somehow, you know, you open the windows, you know, when there's a, uh, when you're in the vicinity of a body. But no, this sounds like he was, I'm not sure. I don't know the whole history. This seems to be, I mean, the reason they're bringing it down over here, I'm not sure, but it seems to be that they're trying to say something over here. But uh, maybe it's just the, um, the idea that he uh, was uh, so connected to express how much the Hasidim were in pain and how much the grief was that they even did, did this kind of this kind of things. But, Rabbi, yeah. Was he a, a comrade of Tzemach Sedek or a Hasid? No, a Hasid. A Hasid. It was a Hasid. When the when he came to Lubavitch, he says, "I'm going to." wait for the Rebbe to do, to tell me what to do. I'm not doing anything without, I'm not 
Davening, I have to hear what the Rebbe is going to tell me. He went to the oil of the Samach Sadiq and he sort of stayed there, stretched out over the resting place for the entire day. And when they, at the end, when they took him, he was painted. And, you know, I've seen all this by the Rebbe, you know, that this, you know, there were people on the. When he came through from his faint. He says, gotta go out. He says, we have to make a, a dance. And uh, then he says to the sons of the Tzemach Tzedek, uh, come and listen. Uh, a Hasidus that your father said. He told them uh, to listen to Hasidus that the father says. He remained in Lubavitch to choose for himself a Rebbe because he left several sons um, from amongst the Tzemach Tzedek's sons. But after hearing Hasidus from all the sons of the Tzemach Tzedek, he said to the Rebbe Marash, up till now I speak to you in a direct way, you know, not in, not in uh, a way of saying uh, like you, talking to the you instead of here in Yiddish, there's a respectful way of saying, not in a direct way, like somebody who's not present, saying like about them. Person. Yeah, third person. But now, he says, you're my Rebbe, put on your hat and say Hasidus. That's what he said now. Um, apparently, that uh, he carried a lot of weight there. We have to read up a little bit more about the Hasid of Rabbi Kassil Malepli, read up more about him to see exactly. Rabbi Kusil von Leple, he was actually all the way back from the Alter Rebbe. He became a chosid of the Alter Rebbe. Wow. And it's, it says over here that he was originally, he wasn't um, uh, very um, very bright. He didn't have very, uh, he wasn't very talented. And uh, uh, he came to the Alter Rebbe once when the Alter Rebbe was wearing to fill the Rebbe Nutam. And he actually jumped from one window to another window, and he came in and he's crying bitterly, Rebbe, uh, the, he says, take away, cut out my left, uh, my, uh, I guess his Yetzirah, his evil inclination, he used their language, and the Rebbe blessed him, he said, Atam Kulam, and his heart turned around. And he became a, a, an outstanding uh, chassid and scholar in, 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 in understanding and service. Uh, notwithstanding the fact that he wasn't actually, I said, a scholar, no, he, he chassidus and, 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 and service of Hashem, but he wasn't like a a very learned, knowing how to learn. Uh, the learning the revealed part of Torah, he couldn't. But Hasidus, he understood. It says, and uh, um, and so he, this is what what, what about him? Um, it actually says that the Al Rebbe wanted to bless him with. Um, with wealth, he says he doesn't want wealth because he doesn't want it to distract him. And um, um, 
this story that we were talking about, Rabbi Kassil was already in his 90s uh, when the when the story we were talking about Rabbi Kassil Lepler, and uh, they didn't want to tell him because of his health. They didn't want to cause him health, and uh, um, he um, and he's the one that basically. Um, I guess went uh, and uh, said about the the Rebbe Marash. So he wasn't just anybody. That's why we bring down the story of this Rebbe Kassil Lepler. And he had uh, various, uh, you know, powerful expressions. Some of them sometimes, which are hard to just in the rational mind. Today, we uh, there are certain times of expression that one wants to express, like an emotion, like a feeling. Uh, something a very sensitive thought and it's not something that you can really explain or it's not something that you can sort of uh, uh, publicize you know people ask you oh, what does it mean we don't understand it's, it takes a long time so amongst Hasidim amongst them they would be able to say a certain and then you know you need to explain exactly what it means and you don't take it out of context you got to take it way it means but if somebody wants to just take those words and to take them out of context, they seem strange. Sometimes they see, uh, you know, like one of the things they said about the Hasidim to the Vilna Goen, the Goen, that the, 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 uh, the to Rebel Yod, the Gro, against the Hasidim, that they ate on Tishabov. So, okay, they ate, that's true, they ate on Tishabov. But it was happened to be Tishabov on Shabbos, you know, so there was no fasting. So, you know, if you say a story without, there's a connotation, you don't tell the whole story. Sometimes there's an expression, you say something, the Hasidim say something, you know, uh, in, in a sense, he gives you a feeling and expresses in words. If you're just going to take the words and you're going to just make a heading in the newspaper and say, oh, look, this is what he said. That means taking it totally out of context. And we live today in a world which, especially the information and Anything you say is immediately, you know, all over the world. And that's why we have to be more careful what we say. Even in when I read some of these expressions over here, you know, and I'm recording this. So sometimes, you know, I have to be careful because there are certain things that are said over here which need to be explained. It's very hard. So I, I don't fully say all the time the full sentence just so that it's not misinterpreted and misrepresented because sometimes it can somebody can hear it and say oh look this is what they said they said something like that now well it, within context it makes sense it's like saying they ate on Tishabov yes you know it wasn't Shabbos so I mean you have to really know what you're what you're talking about but this just expresses to us to see the deep uh, love and the deep connection and the care of binding Hasidim and the Rebbe and the love that took place over there, that it's just something that was like a real tragedy for somebody to lose uh, a Rebbe. So this was Yud Gimel Nisan, Tafresh Chavav, is the yard site, the day of passing of the uh, Tzamach Tzedek, Rebbe Nachem